Boys Help Boys. And you help us by giving us a five-star review wherever you check out the podcast. Five-star ratings and reviews, Apple, iTunes, wherever you download this show. Hey there, friends of the show. We need your reviews. And once we get a hundred of them, we're going to do a special one-off show where we read your reviews back to you. Positive, negative, constructive criticism, trolling, bring it. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means? That means it's been, what, like like 17 days since the Dallas Cowboys have played a football game? Is that what it means? <laughs> Is that correct? Do I have the math right? You're coming in hot today, brother. I'm just wondering if that's what that means. Because it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Boys are here. Hey, that's what it is. That means Dak Prescott is in his 16th day of his Disney vacation or golf or whatever he do instead of playing football. Is that what that means? You know what I've always wondered? Oh, God. After the, what have you always wondered, Van? After the, the MVP of the Super Bowl gets their truck or whatever and says, I'm going to Disneyland. Do they ever go? I've never seen. Pe- oh, no, they do. They 100% do. Is there like photographic yep. evidence of every single person who says that? And they hit all the staged spots. So in that only one is only a one when it's like an ABC ESPN one. That's not a one for the ones that are on the Fox ones or the CBS ones or the NBC ones, but only the ABC ones. That makes more sense. The Disney ESPN ones. Because they say they go, but you never see them in certain They do. The I'm, guys, I'm telling you, they go. I've, I've never seen a picture of Tom Brady at Disneyland. I'm well, Googling it right now. Also, he's never said it because in the time that he's been winning the ones, oh my God. the ones haven't been on the one that is ABC. We're uncovering yeah. a grand conspiracy. No, I'm I'm talking to you like this is common knowledge. Tom Brady only wins Super Bowls when it's aired on Fox, and therefore he never goes to Disneyland? Damn it, Van. Super Bowls don't go on ABC <laughs> ever. Like this is like back in the day that was a thing. Okay. Now it's not a thing. Oh, it's not a thing at all anymore? That's what I'm saying. I've heard them say it in the no, past few years. You have not. You're older than you think, number 1. Happy birthday to you by the way. It's getting closer. And happy birthday. <laughs> Don't curse me. I got like two more weeks. Oh. But yeah, that's why it's not a thing. And if it is a thing, it's said in jest. It's not the thing. Because it used to be a thing. Okay, well, it must be said in jest. Well, that doesn't count. Okay. That's like I could say it. We could have a really good radio show and I could be like, I'm going to Disneyland. Then that's what I'm saying. But you don't mean it. You're not going. Also, if I had to pick, I wouldn't pick crap butt disneyland yeah the jv all right today's varsity is the varsity of amusement parks okay so today's varsity today's i9 varsity is the varsity of amusement parks okay i just thought of a great amusement park i'm gonna write this down good idea it's wally world we know we know all your jokes no 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 that's not it but it's not disneyland cause don't Dis- you dare look at my notes and steal my i to read your child's handwriting. Oh, that's a really good with point. With the talons of a chicken that scratches. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, you're right. I am Fred Slow. I'll be alongside you, friend of the show, up until 7 p.m. tonight when it, we hand this bad boy over. Who's on tonight? Dan Gelb. Uh, Zach Gelb. Zach Gelb is on. Zach Gelb. Doug Gelb tonight. Zach Gelbenstein. What we're really doing is Gelbenberger. So we're just bringing in satellite programming <laughs> until everyone's back at 7 a.m. for the opening drive tomorrow. That's okay. what it is. That's what I do. 
Yeah, but the national CBS content's the best. It, I mean, not compared to 7 to 10 here and not compared to 4 to 7 here. Well, when, when we're from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. in that little holding pattern, it sure is. That is crazy that it is that. Are you up late? Yeah, what are you doing? Are you up all night? Who's... You know what? I, I've been a night owl since high school, college. When do you wake up in the morning? Yeah, good question. Um, I get up probably... I usually go to bed around 4 just because what? of... Yeah, what? because of uh, combat injuries, I can't sleep at night. So I usually don't go to bed till 4, and I get up around 9. I'm not kidding. Oh, my. All right, what ha- what would happen if you moved to, like, Hawaii and, like, the time zones were that much different? God, now you now you're, now I got to think about this. That's what I'm saying. The varsity. Because <laughs> that would put you at 11 p.m. bedtime, and that would put you on a regular. It probably would be better for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, have to check right. into that. Well, in through to like the magic of the technology, all three of us could go to Hawaii, and nobody at the intersection of Eubank and Morris would know the difference. Just hear me out. Eubank and Morris. This is a good plan. <laughs> well, uh, Doctor Van has a couple sleep remedies for you. <laughs> you can't just call yourself a doctor. We've had this talk. Wait, I can't anymore. You can't just appoint yourself job titles that require academia. Echinacea is that one? Is that what you are? Are you are you uh, inoculated to to being a doctor? Well, I was gonna immunize him. Nice, but I was gonna immunize him with <laughs> Xanax and edibles. Oh, there you go. Sitting next Ooh, to me, edibles. <laughs> doctor, Doctor Van, the delivery service. Van, how are you? I'm I'm good, man. I had a good day. Okay, had a, a very task driven, honeydew day. That okay, good. I didn't get to go outside very much. It was also, a beautiful day out also there. So you're lying. Cause I hate having like such <laughs> wasted days. It's not a honeydew if it's a list from me. Then it's a Fred do. Like that's not. You don't call me honey, Freddie do. Like, yeah, I'm not around other people. You can't break the fourth wall like that, honey. If it's a Freddie ado list, that's a quite dated <laughs> reference. Whatever happened to that guy? I became a soccer player. Ended up just kind of a mid tier guy, but made a really nice professional living off it. And thank you to Sports Illustrated for featuring him so young. Yeah. Michael, how is the production of the show going? How are you? It's sounding real good, and you guys, it's great to have you both you. back together, and uh, let's have fun. I was off yesterday. Tough loss for the Cowgirls and Cowboys in beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico yesterday. Both nail biters, though, both down to the very end. And uh, I tell you what, I like it when the home team wins because I have a vested rooting interest, but I really just like being entertained. And the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference and the Cowboys. It is a uh, it's a very special product up there, and if you don't get a chance to get up to Las Vegas to check out what New Mexico Highlands is doing, I recommend you tune into all the live streams. We were on Comcast Channel 26 last night, which was nice because I always get a lot of cool feedback from friends and people in the community when when they get to tune in and watch. So, a couple of tough losses for the Cowboys. They're on the road today, Colorado School of the Mines. Then they head out to South Dakota to take on South Dakota Mines. I know that seems confusing, but Leap two spreads teams. out that far. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. It's like a 19-hour drive or something. Do they have like a private plane? or Bus. It's a they, charter bus thing. Charter bus? Yeah. Not a van? It's No. <laughs> That'd be a few vans. It's actually two buses. So they put the boys on one and the girls on the other. And oh, then, and they go together? Yeah, it's a caravan. They don't so go technically, of- it's a van. Ah. Especially in the icy roads, man. Underneath. That's tough. A long trip like that with snow. Yeah, we're going to have to reach out to Coach Jared Sherman and Coach Mike Dominguez and have them on the program soon because – Looks like both the Cowboys and Cowgirls are going to have to win out to have a chance at the tournament there in the RMAC. So, um, I don't know. Good season, growing season. I think it's year one of a lot to come in Highland. So, speaking of winter, did you make it home all right? Oh my gosh, 
Michael, all right, so you boys don't know because you were here. There was zero snow here. In New Mexico? Las Vegas, New Mexico? Man, there was like, I, I'm not even joking. There was six inches of snow. Okay. There may have been nine inches of snow. So Disney Inc. took over okay, here we go. the MVP celebration <laughs> in 2020. Okay. So people continued to say it in between 2006 and 2020. Not every year, though. That's what I'm saying. People were so indoctrinated by saying it, they just said it anyways. That's what I'm saying. Even though they didn't actually go to Disney World, it after they won the Super Bowl, they would still say, I'm going to Disney it World. It doesn't count. But 2020, they literally started going back to it, and Disney sponsored the MVP trophy ceremony. Yes, and I'm saying that one counts. So it counts if, if while they're saying it, you hear, if you wish upon a star, right. then that one counts. <laughs> but if it's just someone with like a passer-a-by CBS camera, that one doesn't count. Oh, the people, the, the Up With People kind of song Makes there. Makes no difference Yeah, it's Up With People. That's the key. Are. And then the, the fireworks are going off. That one counts. So the last two years counted. Anything I'm saying people saying it and not showing up. Because it's been a long trend of people saying, I'm going to Disney World. And then they don't go. It's not as crazy as me saying, I'm going to Allsup's and never go to Allsup's because I do that a lot because I say I like Allsup's burritos way more than I actually like Allsup's burritos. Yeah, when I was on the dating app, I would regularly say, yeah, I'm going I'm going to Sister Bar downtown, and then I would go to the press club. Nice. Because that is a lie, mm-hmm. and I would do that on purpose. Okay. That was called a little lie. Ah, interesting. That's similar to what you would do? It's close. Yeah. Oh, my God, I really liked having this dinner. Why don't you meet me at this place downtown, and we'll continue this first date. Like, and, psych. And then I would go somewhere else. You're not a Disney liar. World. You're a coward. <laughs> that is cowardice is what you're talking about. <laughs> Just tell the lovely little lady that you're not going to go. Lad. Or dude, yeah. I don't know. It's 2022. Live your life. Yeah, I mean, at the time it wasn't. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Do you wish upon a star, <laughs> up with people... There are stage photos. That's all I'm saying. Got a good program today. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about sports in the NFL because that's what matters right now. Before we do that, though, at 415, we're going to talk about Bob Nightingale and the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting as David Ortiz went in. And I tell you, I don't know how I feel about that. We're also going to talk about labor negotiations. So Bob Nightingale will be joining us at 415. So we'll see if Ann and I need to book book some tickets to spring training. The only year Tom Brady said, I'm going to Disneyland, he gave it away to James White. <laughs> All right, I'll bite. Who's James White? This is running back. You remember that? He had God, that, he had no, that huge game? That. No. Well, he should have been the MVP, but they gave it to Tom Brady anyway because Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Branch? Is that his name? Is that who you're talking about? No, I said James White. You're I, thinking of Dion Branch. He was the MVP. If I was going to go to cornerback school, I'd want to go to the Dion Branch. I believe he was a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, branch of a college, cornerback university. It's a good joke, but it's got a lot of layers. The wide receiver's name is Deion Branch. The Correct. joke should be if I'm going to go to wide receiver school. No, 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 no. I would go to the Deion Branch. Because Deion Sanders is way more prominent than Deion Branch. So it's a joke on Deion Branch's name, but it's cornerback school for Deion Sanders. I'm only taking wide receiver classes that are held in Dante Hall. Okay. That's a good joke. 
Isn't Dante Hall a, a cornerback? I mean, it's as good as your joke. <laughs> Four thirty. Adam Young will join us. We're going to start. Uh, you know, what we're going to do. We're going to talk state of the Aggies. Is what we're going to do. It should have been if I'm going to take <laughs> wide receiver <laughs> classes. I'm going to take them on Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah, next yeah, to there you go. yeah, next to where you take your clergy cash classes. Uh, it's next probably Tyreek going yeah. to Disney World. This no, the Kansas City Chiefs are about to get blown out. They give up a million points to everyone who's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've been over this a thousand times, or I've had this conversation with myself. Joe Burrow, baby. All day, all night. Joe Burrow's going to unplug his headset and his helmet and say, I got this. What's the over-under in Vegas on how many cigars Joe Burrow smokes on the field? 0.5. Smart money, zero. Yeah, it's 0.5. Smart money, zero, but it could be one. But then you end up with a weird one where what if he just takes a Stokey all the way down, halfway, stops, and you're like, that is 0.5. That's actually 0.5. What are you doing? Jeff Graham will join us at 6 o'clock. He writes for the Albuquerque Journal. We're going to talk about the Lobos quite a bit. Also, I think Coach Patino might join us today. So we reached out to the university. I'm going to have to confirm that, so that's going to come real time if it comes. If not, tomorrow. Tough loss last night for Lobos. Tough one. We'll go over that at 6 o'clock. Uh, yeah, let's hang up right now so we can call Bob Nightingale. Where we get back, Major League Baseball talk. We're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. After uh, efforting our friend Bob Nightingale, called and got the voicemail, shot him a text. I mean, the Hall of Fame vote was yesterday. He's a busy dude. He's a busy dude. I'm real lockout I'm, talk. How many calls do you think he gets a day on the lockout? Trying looking for updates. Bob? Yeah. All of them? So I think he's to that level where he don't. He don't chase. Like people who want it out, let him know. That's my vibe on Bob Nightingale. Fred, if I was a, a hungry receiver who wanted some Chinese food, yep. I'd probably order some Jerry Rice. I know you're over there trying to <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a bunch of them already. I'm, oh, just I know wait, you do. I'm just waiting for you. Are you over there trying to blow your own Tony Horn? Is that what you're doing? I am. Okay. That's a deep cut one. You mean Joe Horn? No, Joe Horn's different. Oh, okay. Joe Horn played for the Saints. Yeah. yeah Tony yeah. Horn played for the Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs, St. Louis Rams. Oh. I promise you. Okay. Yeah. I'm not googling it. I believe you. You kick returner. He was pretty okay for about five minutes. Well, not enough to get on my radar because I don't remember him. Who was the other kid in Kansas City that returned kicks so well? Super fast. The aforementioned Tyreek Hill? No. I mean, yes on him, but no. Forget the NFL talk. And if you make one wide receiver joke why Bob Nightingale is on the program and we're talking about Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting and the lockout, the most serious thing in my life, then Van. I got I got 12 wide receiver jokes. <laughs> and I'm gonna just going to spread them out one a segment. <laughs> Joining us on the program, Bob Nightingale. Bob, how are you? Doing good. I don't even know if anybody's talking baseball after the last <laughs> NFL weekend. That was the greatest weekend of football in my life. <laughs> it wasn't even close, right, Bob? <laughs> Like, no, that, that, that Buffalo KC game was unbelievable. Yeah, it's the best weekend I've ever seen, and the game just got progressively better every time. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just <laughs> I was texting with uh, Chris Berman, you know, the NFL is his life, and he says he came and think of anything even closer remote that weekend. Yeah. The when we were, t- we, you know, obviously we do the Monday show, you know, following you know Sunday or whatever, and and we we just spend the entire thing going football, and it's like, but I want to talk about Major League Baseball. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame. But I want to, and like the you know the powers of being cumulus are like. Today is about oh, football, Fred. Football it's only. Football <laughs> day. So, deal. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Don't blame him. It was a baseball day yesterday, though. I was off the program, which is why we didn't reach out, but now we are now. David Ortiz is going to be your lone entrant into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah. Remember, you had the uh, guys from the Veterans Committee over the winter. Remember, yep. so you have uh, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, uh, you know, the guys who passed away like Buck O'Neill and uh, Gil Hodges. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, those guys will will join them. So, yeah, big, pretty big twin celebration with Oliva and, and Jim Koch. And, of course, Ortiz spent six years in Minnesota. Uh, he was terrible there, but he was in Minnesota. With, uh, with the focus on David Ortiz, does it feel as if anyone else that's currently up there has a chance to get it to 75%? Or is David Ortiz going to kind of be the only name for a while? Because even, like, A-Rod's numbers were laughably low. Well, A-Rod's got no chance now. I mean, if, if we're not putting uh, Bernie Bonds and Roger Clemens in, you know, who never flunked a steroid test, and A-Rod was suspended, you know, the longest drug suspension in history, uh, he's got zero chance. You know, same with Manny Ramirez and, you know, guys, uh, Robinson Cano when he's on the ballot or Nelson Cruz. So the guys who get disciplined for PD use, they're, they're done. Uh, guys are close. I, I think we'll see Scott Rowland in next year. Love that. Uh Maybe by him, he might be by himself. Uh, I don't think Billy Wagner or Todd Helton will make up enough ground. But I think Roland gets in. Uh, the only big newcomer in the belt next year is Carlos Beltran, who was kind of a borderline guy. But remember, he was involved in that Houston Astros cheating scandal. Right. So he may, be, may get punished for that. So, Bob, what do you think about like having an asterisk wing of the Hall of Fame? I'm really on board with this where – you let another eight or ten years go by, and you bring in all the steroid guys. You give them plaques, but they're only in the asterisk wing. Barry Bonds, A-Rod, Clemens, the whole bunch, they get their own wing. They deserve to be in, but they also deserve to have this story told right alongside of it. What do you think about that? Well, you can certainly put an arrow in the wing. Uh, I mean, the steroid era. We have so many guys already in that use steroids, and uh, so, but we're keeping the two best guys out. I, I think Barry Bonds' biggest mistake was breaking Hank Aaron's record. If he doesn't break Aaron's record, I think he's in. If Roger Clemens isn't winning Cy Young Awards in his 40s, I think he's in. It's almost like those guys were too good. Uh, but, you know, I, I would like to separate guys who were, were not suspended by baseball. And, you know, I mean, there was no drug testing until 2004. You know, it's like, you know, driving in, uh, you know, 100-mile stretch in New Mexico. If you know there's not going to be any uh, police cars around or, or radar, you know, you're not going 55. You're going as fast as possible. You know, and that's what happened in baseball. It was just a, uh, you know, I bet 50 60% of guys were, were using stuff. It was almost, you know, the guys who got hurt were the guys who were clean, you know, like a Fred McGriff and those guys. But, yeah, so I, I do think we should separate guys who were never suspended compared to the guys that were. Bob Nightingale joining us. You are familiar with him. Well, you should be from his Twitter. So if you're not, follow him on Twitter, at B Nightingale, and obviously USA Today and the many other things that you appear on and contribute to. 
Bob, the thing to me that I think is troubling with Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is I think my interpretation of Hall of Fame is Hall of Famous. And I don't necessarily think it's play on the field. I think it's impact to the game and cultural significance and, and everything that's kind of associated with that. I think that means Barry Bonds. It's a disservice to the Hall of Fame if Barry Bonds is not in. And Roger Clemens, who, by the way, has fought adamantly against like his steroid claims and all these kind of ideas. To me, I think it's not factored enough into how much they influence everything that's not the innings played on the field. Is there an idea of that within those who vote? Uh, sure. I mean, a lot of people think, hey, it's a museum. You know, we got all kinds of characters in there. Uh, hey, uh, Roberto Alomar is in there. He just got lifetime suspension from baseball, you know, for the allegations that happened in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar Vizquel was trending high until the allegations with him, uh, you know, from his uh, ex-wife and the, uh, uh, you know, bat boy with the uh, in Chicago White Sox organization. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a museum. Like, you walk in, you're still going to see Bonds artifacts and Clemens artifacts. You know, but, you know, not to have the all-time home run leader in there and not to have a, uh, a seven-time Cy Young winner in there. I think, you know, Pete Rose is a little different case. But uh, I, I think they deserve to be in, but just explain it on the plaque. You know, uh, they had involvement with performance-sensing drugs, kept them from being uh, voted in by the writers. Uh, you know, and leave it at that. But, but I, I will agree with what you said. I mean, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did spend millions of dollars defending themselves in federal court, and both those guys were cleared. Big Poppy, David Big Poppy Ortiz, the lone voted-in member of the Hall this year. I feel like he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Do you think that Big Poppy's big personality, him being a media darling, kind of shoot away all of the steroid allegations? I do. I absolutely, absolutely do think that. Uh, you know, everybody loved uh, Ortiz, you know, just a uh, bigger-than-life figure, you know, life at a party type thing. And I think, you know, uh, if not for that, he would have still gone to the Hall of Fame, but it would have taken a while. You know, just like, you know, Piazza got punished by about four years. So did uh, uh, Jeff Bagwell. You know, Pledge was a close uh, close to get in uh, on the first bout. He got in, but barely. But, yeah, I think that shoot away all that stuff. I mean, Take away the uh, steroid thing. I mean, he was, you know, a, a lock for Hall of Fame. I sure. mean, you know, outside maybe Frank Thomas, who played a lot of games at first base, I think he's easily the best DH in history. Uh, you know, with only three guys have ever hit over 500 home runs and won three World Series titles, and uh, he's one of them. And just an icon in, in Boston. And if you think of the all-time greats in uh, Boston sports history, you know, you're thinking of a uh, – you know, guys, Bill, you know, Bill Russell, Bobby Orr, you know, Tom Brady and, and, and Big Poppy. I think my last thought on it, and you can tell me to forget myself or not if you want, Bob, on this, is if there's not a special committee, if there's not a oops, we as Hall of Fame voters, yourself included, are not moral compasses and we are sorry that this was weird and took so long. We put them in after the fact, I think I might have a problem with the hall of fame moving forward. Do you know if there's like a conversation that will occur to where everyone might go in retroactively some point down the road? I think it's going to be very tough for those guys to get in for, in, for a while. 
Yeah. You know, they, that committee meets twice every five years, but it's only 16 member committee. And, uh, eight of those guys are four former players and four are, uh, executives. And I tell you what, I go back to Hall of Fame induction ceremony every summer. It's a, you know, greatest summer or greatest weekend of the, of the baseball calendar. And those guys talk about the steroid guys all the time. They want no part of them getting in. So wow. I tell you what, I, I think I think Kurt Schilling, of the guys that uh, were left off the ballot, I think he has the easiest path to get in the Hall of Fame than Clemens or Bonds. And I don't think Sosa's going to get in, but then Clemens or Bonds. Bob, pivoting towards the lockout, it seems like the parties are a little closer uh, after the last round of negotiations. Do you think um, – the pre-arbitration pool is a, a step in the right direction, and where do you see this progressing? No, I absolutely do uh, think that. I don't think there's any way we're going to miss a single regular season game. Well, it's not going to start thank late. You. Thank you so much for saying that. I, needed, I just needed to <laughs> yeah. hear it, Bob. I just needed to hear it in my ears. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know we'll, we'll miss a week or two of spring training. I think it'd be uh, you know far-fetched to think they're all of a sudden going to come to agreement the next. Uh, week to 10 days. But, you know, hey, spring training day starts March 1st. That's fine. You need to give these guys about three and a half weeks of spring to start the season time. But like you mentioned, with the pre-arbitration pool, you know, hey, the, you know, the owners have said, yeah, the younger guys need to be paid more. Uh, let's jack up the minimum salary. We'll have a, uh, a pool of money. Uh, the union thinks the, uh, you know, the minimum salary should be, you know, $775,000 instead of six fifteen. You know, you can compromise. Uh, the pool, you know, 105 million compared to 10 million compromise. The luxury tax, you know, split the difference between 245 million dollar luxury tax compared to 210. I think if they just sit down for five, six straight days face to face, it's you know, it's easy to get a compromise. I really do. To piggyback on that, do you think the big obstacles are just salary cap and then service time manipulation? Is that is that the final straw there? Well, I think the biggest one is you get the younger players money. Uh, what's the status? Uh, 74% of players make less than a million dollars. So I think get the younger guys money, just like the NFL guys get money early, and so does the NBA. So raise that minimum salary. Uh, have a pool where, you know, if you're a star player your first couple of years like Chris Bryant was, you shouldn't be making around the minimum salary. You know, we should get a, uh, you know, uh, rewarded, uh, you know, get four or five times. Uh, that type of salary. And then, uh, you know, do something with the tanking. Too many teams are not trying to win. So right now they're saying, okay, have a lottery. where the worst three teams, uh, you know, are involved in a lottery. And the, uh, the union says, okay, how about, how about an eight-team lottery uh, type of thing? So they, they can get that thing done, make sure teams aren't tanking. Those are, those are the biggest issues, as well as keeping guys down from service time, but they're trying to, you know, rectify that too. But, but they're all kind of addressing it, just not to the extreme either side once. The the way the baseball contracts are for the young players are absolutely insane. You eat ramen noodles for a decade, and they give you a hundred million dollars for what you did. Yeah, yeah. The uh, last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last one before we cut you loose, Bob. Uh, tell me how you feel about this prediction. Should I put money on this? February the 18th, so that's the Friday following the Super Bowl because Major League Baseball needs to play nice. 5 o'clock, that's when they announce there's a deal done, and no one really talks about it until the until right before, I don't know, pre or 
Spring training gets together in March. How do you feel about that? The 18th. Safe date? I can look forward to that? Yes or no? Yeah, I like that date. I do. Okay. Yeah, the players need uh, a week to 10 days to show up. You know, they're going to get spring training housing. A lot of, you know, so many international players are going to get visas. That's a good date. I mean, I tell you what, I don't think, uh, what's the Super Bowl, February 13th? I yep. don't think people until February 14th are going to say they miss baseball. Like, oh, my God, football's over. <laughs> Where's my spring training? So, no, I, I, I think you're right in that ballpark, uh, right around the 18th, I do. Bob Nightingale, the absolute best in the game, and thank you for being a friend of the show. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bob. What a good dude. I don't know if you heard, but Bob Nightingale said I was right. I don't know if you heard that part. I wrote it down to remind you in case whenever you're, you're down in the dumps, I'll be like, hey, do, do you remember January 26, 2022 yeah. at, at 4.30 p.m.? Bob said you're right about something. If if we see an article on Yahoo Finance or whatever from Bob Nightingale taken from USA Today, and he's like, "Hey, insider told me February 18th." That's me. That's you. He's identifying me. <laughs> Grab a break. Where we get back from the break, our friend Adam Young, we will reach out to and give you the state of the Aggies update. You're listening to Two Men On 95.9 FM AM 610 D Sports Animal. I mean, also brought to you by. The YMCA of Central New Mexico. Also brought to you by O'Neill's Pub. Also brought to you by the Electric Playhouse. There's kind of a lot of people that support the program. We've got a handful of friends, yeah, and I'm very appreciative. Show. Speaking of that, one of them, and this is a guy, Van. Yeah. He's always moving because a rolling rock grows no Randy Moss. Mm. Ah, That's a good joke that you tell. For example, like if you're looking for something to do, Sunday night downtown Albuquerque. Yeah, you could go for a Victor Cruz in ah, lowrider. Nice, very yeah. nice. Yeah, Adam Young, welcome to the welcome to the program. How are you? I'm well, guys. Good to hear from you again. Thank you. We're doing wide receiver puns today, so if you come up with yeah. any mid segment, feel free to just interject them because they're very unnecessary, and that's what we call Wednesday in the business. What we do here. So. <laughs> this is also why you guys do sports talk, and I'll just stick to the play-by-play part. Of it. I, I can't, I can't think on my feet like that. You say stick to, but you're like the example for the class, Adam. <laughs> like yeah. it is blowing my mind how your broadcasting has catapulted this men's basketball team to sixteen and three and six and one, and catapulted this women's team to like six and nine and two and three, which is really just a lot better than they were predicted at the beginning of the year. What is going on down south? Why are you guys just beating up on everyone? I would love to take credit for it, but I think that goes to Christian, so well, I'll give him all the credit. Well, uh, the, men are, the men are starting to play well. They are, Fred. They're starting to play well, and um, you know they're coming off uh, an interesting week where they lost on Thursday by 25, and quite frankly, I, I think it might have been a good little wake-up call for them. Um, they needed that. Uh, they weren't where they needed to be defensively and rebounding-wise, and they got smacked a little bit on Thursday and then bounced back really well for a good road win on Saturday against SFA. So, um, you know, you can nitpick all you want about this, that, and the other, but they're 16-3 and three in the end, and uh, they only have one loss in a good whack this year. The whack is much improved, and there's a lot of quality programs. So it's a different league this year, and now they're uh, embarking on a three-game homestand, and if they get out of this 3-0, and they'll be in really, really good shape. Uh, looking ahead towards the tail end of the WAC race. And this is typically, too, I think Aggie fans will know this, this is typically when they peak once February starts. Christian's is remarkable at 
he and his team to reach their highest level down the stretch in the regular season into the postseason. So I know Aggie fans are hoping that that'll be the case again this year. The Aggies went down to Nay Naco Nay not, went down to <laughs> Nacog Douches. Not, not, not going to work here. Nacog Douches, Texas. <laughs> yeah, had a big win there. It seems like you guys just cruised yeah. through that game. Tell us about the squad. Yeah, SFA is a good program. I think it's a program that uh, not a lot of folks know about because of where they are in Nacogdoches, Texas. Uh, it's not a big town. It's not a, a basketball town per se, but they beat Duke a year ago. Uh, they won an NCAA tournament game a couple of years ago. I mean, it's a quality mid-major program that uh, has been good for quite some time. So, you know, going there and winning by 14 on the road was uh, huge for the Aggies to bounce back after – Thursday's tough loss at Sam Houston. So, um, you know, right now I, I don't think fans quite know where they're at because of the enigma that was last week where they struggled Thursday and then played a whole lot better Saturday. But um, I think they showed a lot of resiliency um, bouncing back uh, with a quick turnaround of just 48 hours going from Thursday and then to Saturday. So that was encouraging. And We'll see if it carries over into Saturday when they have a huge game against Grand Canyon, which is a top 100 program right now and, you know, one of the rising mid-major programs around the country. Thunder Dan. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is Teddy Allen well, – oh, go ahead. Uh, Thunder Dan actually is no longer there. Ah. Their, their head coach Their head coach is now Bryce Drew, who out, also man. played in the NBA. Figured yeah, so out. Bryce oh Drew is, uh, is the bench boss now for the Lopes. So, I, so Vital, you got to help me with my notes. Yeah, Vital, here. update yeah. update your notes, yeah, Vital. You, just, you get Come one, on. you get one catchy nickname, and all of a sudden you think you know everything. <laughs> okay, how about Teddy Allen? Talk to him about. Well, him. that's the thing. <laughs> Is Teddy Allen the best player you've ever seen in person, Adam? Well, for the Aggies, I, I think he's the best scorer since I've been here. Um, I was actually just telling Mike about. I, I think he's a better scorer than Siakam was. You know, and Siakam's an NBA All Star, at least in college. Um, you know, Siakam had all this upside to him where he was just, you know, he was raw. And you, you knew that Siakam had another level or two that he was going to get to, and he's found that in the NBA. But I think as far as college scores, I think Teddy Allen's the best. Uh, the Aggies had a guy by the name of Zach Lofton a couple of years ago who uh, played briefly in the NBA, who was a really good scorer. But Teddy Allen's just a little different. I mean, he scored 41 a couple weeks ago in the last home game, his second 41-point game during his college career, and he's a load. So he's one of those guys that can uh, put the team on his back. You know, when, when the offense isn't clicking as a whole, Teddy can kind of just take over a game by himself, and he's done that a couple times this year. He did it at, at moments on Saturday, and then, of course, the last home game when he scored 41, he was, uh, he was unstoppable that day. Teddy Allen putting up all the offense, but you're a jack of all trades. Your Swiss Army knife is Serge Jabari Rice. So two parter here. Number one, where would they be without Serge Jabari? Number two, when did he get knighted by the Queen? I didn't see that. In, I didn't see that in the news. I'll answer the second part first. Uh, apparently, um, you know, it's been something where he's never really gone by Sir Jabari until a couple of years ago. His, his family said, hey, you know, we'd like for you to use the full name because he had always gone by Jabari. So we still refer to him on the broadcast as Jabari. That's just how fans know him. But 
um, as far as like the roster goes and that kind of stuff. They added a sir on the front of it, but if you talk to him and if his teammates talk to him, nobody's calling him sir, but <laughs> it's, it's been his full name his entire life. He just never really used it until this year is when they, they, they adjusted it on the notes and the, and the website and that kind of stuff. And he's been a really good player here for years. I mean, I, I know Lobo fans know him very well because he's been in very a lot of those familiar. rivalry yep. games. Yes, very familiar with sure. him. And um, he still has another year left uh, next year. I, I don't know if he's going to use that that extra year of eligibility, but because of COVID, uh, that blanket waiver the NCAA handed out last year, everybody gets that extra year of eligibility. So Jabari technically is only a junior. And um, I, I know the Aggies would love for him to come back again next year, and, and we'll see how that all goes. And Teddy Allen still technically has another year left. You know, rosters are ex- extremely unpredictable at this point because, you know, if you're 23, 24, 25, and you still have another year of eligibility left in college, I think a lot of these guys would opt to go and make some money overseas or, you know, reach for that NBA dream and that kind of stuff. But um, he's been a huge part of this this team, and I think I said this to you guys uh, before the season started or it might have been in mid-November when I talked to you all. And say, I do say it again, like we don't remember. Most, <laughs> I do feel like this is the most talented um, Aggies team that Chris Jansis had here. I, I, I really do. And, and that includes the team that almost beat Auburn in the NCAA tournament. So if they can reach that potential and, uh, you know, they have the upside, but if they can reach that potential down the stretch, I think they're going to be a really, really tough out in the postseason. All right, last one before we cut you loose, Adam. And, again, Adam Young, voice of New Mexico State University and everything that goes on down there on the TV. All right, here's the last one. Fill in the blank. Aggie fan Adam Young and Coach Jans will call this season successful if blank happens in February. If they reach their potential. I, I, I think if they reach their potential, it is, it is a team, guys, I'm telling you, that can win a couple NCAA tournament games. Um, it, it's the biggest team that he's had. Um, they're big, not just mid-major big. They're college basketball big. I mean, they're going 6'4", 6'6", 6'5". They could go 6'10", 6'11", down low at times. I mean, they're big. They have depth. Uh, they're finally healthy the last couple of weeks, which was not the case in non-conference play. So they have everybody available. So if they can stay healthy and if they reach that potential and start to defend the way they can and rebound the way they can, because the potential is there, the ceiling is extremely high, but they're still a ways away. If, if they can reach that that upside, that potential, um, I, I'm telling you guys, that they can go out there and win a couple NCAA tournament games. There's no doubt in my mind they can do that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can get there. Not every team gets there. Chris Jans has the knack and the ability, though, to get his teams to, to peak down the stretch, and we'll see if he can pull off uh, what he typically does every single year again this year. Adam Young, I'd argue, best in the business. Mm. Thank you so very much, my friend. Very kind, guys. I appreciate it. Go Aggies. Thanks, Adam. What a good dude, dude. You're telling me. And it's I'm t- and I talk about it every time he's on, because it's I mean a lot of people are always like small world, you know. It's small business, you know. Adam and I both really got our start at Southern Illinois University together 15 years ago. Why are we both in New Mexico? Why are we both living this professional career so we can bring that kind of updates of the Aggies to you? 
I think our audience is growing up a little bit because yeah. on the text line there was nothing incendiary about Adam Young or the New Mexico State Aggies at all this time. You know, that has happened before in the past. Yeah, <laughs> 505-246-0610. Touch base with us on the Sports Animal text line. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. It's like you just make your own music on now, Vitalik. This is him and the boys just jamming. Is that what this is? They're just jamming in the garage. Classic from Bob Seger. Well, you can turn the page on this one. Nice. I got you. It was all right. It was all right. What uh, what key was that in? Was that in Sterling B sharp? It was. What do you think? Bob Seger with Kid yeah. Rock. Real mean bottle. Ooh, I like I like half of those guys. There are two sharps you could have chose from, and you went with Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. The Packers, man, come on. No, I get it. I just, do you want the joke to hit or? Everyone, everyone who knows who Shannon Sharp is knows who Sterling Sharp is. I mean, I, I'm just over here feeling like my Andre Anger Ryzen, mm. and I don't want to feel that. Okay, it's all right. Take a chill pill, buddy. Chillax. Who <laughs> says chillax? I just did. Welcome back to 1994, where Van says chillax. <sighs> Joining us on the program, and oh boy, do we need it now because of the way Van has behaved all day long. The mailman, welcome to the show. Van! What it is, bro? Since you wasn't, since you wasn't here to get retribution, I think it's it's time for me to Juju Smith politicize you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, I already took care of Mr. Notre Dumbass last week, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's your turn now. Um, I told you that they were going to lose. You didn't believe me. Nope. Now you can uh, you can just get on the train, ride down to Pittsburgh with Mr. Rogers, and welcome him to a new neighborhood. Well, mailman, I'm going to tell you, I'm a big Wu-Tang fan, so I love black and yellow. So it would be a natural transition for me to start being a Steelers fan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Welcome. There's plenty of room on the bandwagon. I keep telling Vitalis, plenty of room for him too, but he kind of hard-headed. Well, yeah, he's from Wisconsin. I kind of just chose the Packers. We're not we're not built the same, me and Mikey. That's all right. We'll give him three years of endless love, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see how you be feeling then. <laughs> Mailman, we are at the break, so you're hearing the bleed out music behind you. Stay safe, stay warm, my friend. All right, have a good one, fellas. Thanks, Mailman. A good one, yeah. I mean, he's a very good, like, friend of the show. All right, Mike, we got to grab a break. I hope mailman is safe out there on the Thai streets. No one, no one. That's a deep cut. Thank you. That's a deep cut, but yeah, that's good, though. Strong work, strong work. Thank you to I-9, the YMCA, O'Neill's, and the Electric Playoffs for letting us do this thing every day. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal.
All right, a little bit of housekeeping during the break. Is this like a four-chord riff that is somehow better than a four-chord riff? What are you doing? Where is all this coming from? That's the Peppers right there. This is every song ever written. There's nothing to this. Wait till uh, old Anthony Kita starts saying stuff about California. That's every. Then you'll be sorry you said that. I. Uh, here's my thing. Okay, I'm not trying to be that guy. Uh huh. It's just if you only do one thing as a performer, you're actually not doing anything. Okay. That's well, the- I mean, a lot of musicians talk about California, but Anthony Kiedis really gets his Lance Allsworth out of it. You're welcome. I don't like that. <laughs> it's wide receiver pun day on two men on. 505-246-0610. Give us your best wide receiver pun. It's not a real thing. It is today. From the texter, Bob Nightingale loves coming on with us, he says. Also, go Sandia Matadors. So, never forget where you're from. From Brandon Ortega, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a national treasure. Unacceptable. Also from the texter. (laughs) You're just being lambasted here, man. Mailman says, hey, man, I didn't have time to correct you, but Black and Yellow is Wiz Khalifa. I'm not talking about the song Black and Yellow. So you need I'm to talking about the colors Black and Yellow, which are synonymous with the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> black and Yellow, Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. Get out of here. Green and Yellow, Green and Yellow, Green. Oh. That's, that's a Little Wayne black remix. Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. They gone. Justin Blackman in yellow, Blackman in yellow, Blackman in yellow. I'm like straight up offended that anyone would think I'd confuse Wu-Tang with Wiz Khalifa. That one cuts deep right there. Tyreek Black and yellow, Tyreek Black and yellow, Tyreek Black and yellow. (laughs) I like how I came up with Blackman first because I couldn't come up with a wide receiver named Black. If you say one negative thing about a Southern California rock band, and Brandon Ortega, star of TV and radio over at KOB, multiple-time New Mexico Broadcaster of the Year, Father of the Year candidate, excellent babysitter for your kids when your school program has a COVID-19 scare and everyone has to stay home. He will defend it in the lamest, most artistic way, and that's what's currently happening in the live chat on the Facebook stream. If you want to become a part of that, get us at TalkABQ where we do the Facebook stream. Thank you to everyone who allows us to do that, including I9 Sports including the YMCA of Central New Mexico. O'Neill's, which will be out live from tomorrow, the Northeast Heights location. And, of course, the Electric Playoffs, which we pushed back, Van. All right, show note. Okay. Wiffle ball, which we had planned to start originally, we could not start because the state was averaging 4,000 new COVID cases a day. Right. That's a real number. Correct. So we said, okay, let's wait on wiffle ball. we got to be safe. And then John Mark over Electric Playhouse, who's one of the boys – talented dude he said i saw saw some of uh electric playhouse's handiwork up at meow wolf in denver and it looks phenomenal they're insanely good yeah so john mark said can't wait for wiffle ball here's the real thing that's a thing 
We're going to do wiffle ball and dodgeball at the same time. So your boys are going to run wiffle ball and dodgeball out of the electric playoffs, but that's not going to start till March, man. We're going to start that in March. That's a smart play. So we're going to let February bleed, and then we'll see. Phone lines lighting up, Michael? Yes, they are. We got one now, right now, and he knows you very well, and you know him very well. Is it Star of TV and Radio, KOB's very own Brandon Ortega? Because I'm about to be very disappointed. No, it's Howard. Even better. <laughs> okay. Friend of the show, Howard, welcome. How are you? Gentlemen, how you doing? We're doing well. It is a Wednesday before the biggest, best weekend of the NFL, so we're doing our absolute best to not oversaturate. You know, it is NFL's king, man. Let me tell you, it's, uh, the games were just phenomenal this week. And by the Ooh. way, how you doing there, my little buckaroo man? You know, I know your Packers didn't win. You doing I, all right? uh, I'm not going to lie. I had a rough day and a half. I went through the whole, you know, every emotion possible, the seven stages of grief. But I'm over it now. I'm good to go. Now it's back to lambasting Aaron Rodgers for being an idiot. So things are back yeah, to normal. Unfortunately, he didn't go like his bro- brother Buck Rogers to the infinity and beyond, you know. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I woke up this morning and it was chilly, wasn't it, guys? I mean, I, I would say the temperature dipped significantly. I would agree with that, yes. yeah. It was, a little, it was a little cloudy outside. There was a little bit of a uh, bullet bob haze in the air, you know? Ah, ah nice. nice. Very nice. Strong work, my friend. There you go. Strong work. <laughs> I, I like to try to participate, you know. So, what do you think, guys? Is there a snowball chance in Hades that uh, Sean Payton ends up in Dallas? Uh, yeah, there's absolutely a chance of that. Yeah, I, I don't think so, huh? Sean Payton, Howard, Sean Payton didn't need a year off. He saw that budget that that oh, team has run. They're already $71 million over the cap. If they get rid of every contract that's not on the books, they're still $15 million over the cap. Sean Payton yeah, saw that and got the hell out of town. Yeah, they are in rough shape. It sure is. So, you know, the thing is, is um, I mean, I would really like to have him there because Mike McCarthy is sitting on the sidelines, like, wondering which uh, Krispy Kreme donuts he's going to use to complete his dozen after the game rather than watching the doggone <laughs> clock. All right, I need you to uh, retract that statement, Howard. I believe for a fact that he is a baker's dozen type of guy. Sure. And to claim only a dozen is underselling him substantially. You know, you're probably correct about that, Fred. I'm Thank sure you are. So. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to take any Stefan Diggs at anyone. But I need to make sure. Nice. Thank you. I was saving that one. <laughs> Still, just nice. in true Fred fashion, nice, steals my Fred. joke. That, that, I like that. That's really, really good. But, you know, uh, how does it work? Because Sean Payton's under contract for two more years in New Orleans. So would they be, um, you know, obligated to help? Would they need to trade away players to get them next year? <sighs> so, Technically, yes, but I think it would end up like the Rob Gronkowski thing. So, like, when Rob Gronkowski retired for that one season, I think he went to the Buccaneers for, like, a seventh-round draft pick. Like, they just ended up talking it out or whatever. Right. And I think it would be a similar thing. A legacy thing. Yeah. Like, hey, come on, guys. Look what I did for you. So, the short answer, yes, but, you know, we've seen this kind of before with Bill Belichick. Um I don't have 100% the answer, but there is definitely a clause that is like, hey, he's worth this value, first-round draft pick, whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, it's written somewhere. Well, the Saints will own his rights even in retirement 
if as it relates to the NFL. So not if he goes to broadcast for CBS or whatever. Well, you know, and the thing is, I heard somebody on the morning show say potentially the Cowboys could trade away Zeke, Van Der Esch, and Amari Cooper. Now, what the heck would New Orleans want with Zeke damaged goods, Amari Cooper overpaid, and, and uh, frankly, Van Der Esch is damaged goods as well. Why would they even want that? Well, they would do it if they could send some of their guys with heavy salaries to sure. Dallas exactly. to get those off the books. Yep. So if you could get yeah, it, I yeah. guess you're – yeah, you, makes sense. Yeah, if you could get a guy who's like 70% of some of the guys that you have at 100%, but you only have to keep 50% of the salary, I know that's kind of a lame way to look at sports. But, it, it, Van, I think you said if they cut all 53 players on their roster. No, no, if they cut every player that they could cut on the roster, they'd still be $15 million over. That's crazy. That is just nuts, you know? If, well, look, if you Jerry, know, they dug that hole, right? If, yeah. If Jerry Jones yeah, – tried to trade if Jerry Jones tried to trade Ezekiel Elliott with his lack of production and his huge salary that would be very Anquan Bolden of him nice yeah (laughs) yeah and self-proclaimed ligament uh, ligament damage in his knee so I don't see that happening but you know guys I really appreciate you taking my call tonight my wife is making me a lovely dinner of uh, pork chops and beans and Jerry Rice. So I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> I like that. Appreciate you, Howard. I've never really had that meal. I'm a clam chowder guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is all the time I spend in David Boston. What? Sure. Sounded weird at the end there. It's super weird at the end. Howard's a good call. He's a good friend of the show. That Sean Payton conversation is kind of interesting, right? Because Everyone knows he's lying. Sure. Well, he's saying all the right things, like what does a coach do every time there's a microphone in front of him? Like what percentage of coach interviews do they say the exactly right thing? Because they've been saying the exact right thing their whole careers. They've been trained to do it. They're well-practiced on it. We think Sean Payton's really going to get in front of a microphone and like, I have nightmares every Saturday night of having to cook up a playbook for this loser Taysom Hill, and then next year we're going to be $70 million over the cap, and i got to get rid of all my good players just so we can field a team. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, you know what, guys? I'm just My heart's just not in it. I need to spend more time with my family, really step away from the game, analyze my life's trajectory. That's what he's going to say. It kind of, He's kind of from a different age of coaching. And you're like, Fred, what are you talking about? He's young. He's he's kind of been with the Saints forever. 16 years. Who's the other guy? Mike Tomlin? Like, yeah, for senior coaches in the NFL, I think so. Like, and I don't have like an article in front of me or anything. It's just I'm just off the top of my head. The game that like he started in, it's not that game anymore. It's like a different game now. And like, did we see it last year? Like, does he know how to coach a team that doesn't have Drew Brees? I'm gonna tell you he doesn't. Well, look at the job he did. I mean, they finished above 500, one game above. They didn't have Kamara, Michael Thomas. They had the protocols they had to deal with with the COVID. Well, what he did this past year was phenomenal. They almost made the playoffs. Take a break. I don't think it was it's a phenomenal. stressful job. I'm sure not- it's a stressful job. If that's like the actual reason that he's stepping away, kudos. But there's way more X's in that equation for yeah. Sean Payton. He's got like a weird. I know we got to take a break, Mike. I'm sorry. He's got he, like mentally, he's a weird dude. You think? Yeah. 
I don't know him that well. I'm I'm telling you, I think my understanding of him is he's weird like Drew Brees. That's how I feel. Okay. That's like a wholesome kind of weird, though. No. Drew Brees, like, he's the weird who comes off wholesome, but for real, like behind the scenes, like there's something a little loose up there. 505-246-0610. Anyone with any intimate knowledge about Drew Brees, please call in. I didn't know he was a weird dude. No, he's super weird. You ever see, like, he's got, like, weird political agendas and stuff. Are you thinking of John Stockton? Are you confusing Drew Brees with John Stockton? I'm obviously not, and I would okay. love to meet John Stockton one day, but the only problem is the, I would try to meet him at a game in Gonzaga, and they wouldn't let him in. Nope, can't get in. Yeah, no mass. <laughs> knock, knock. He's the worst. Grab a break when we get back. Uh, I want to talk a lot about this Kansas City Chiefs thing. And you're like, Fred, the game? No, not the game. It's not about the game. It's a wonderful story. It's about the philanthropy. Dave Busters presents this program. Thank you to them for that. Thank you to John Lopez for letting us be in his studio, the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. This one's a head bobber to me. I know this one. This is a good one. The Roots with Cody Chestnut. This new? Chester Bennington, is that what you said? No, I would never say that. What is this part? Are they playing pool? It's like a open washing machine. <laughs> that is weird. Spin cycle remix. I no longer like this song the way that I thought I did. It's now it's just making me uncomfortable. Making me feel weird. Yeah, honestly, I'm uncomfortable now. Yeah. I do your laundry. I do need to do laundry. I'm tired of you art monkeying around with the music. You know what's the Keep best thing? A little style in here. You know the best thing about these wide receiver puns? What's that? Is they never go bad. Okay. They stay AJ Green forever. <sighs> it's not like they get Eric Molds on them. Oh. See, that was a double. See, that was a double there. <laughs> you know, earlier you're doing like. Wu Tang references that are wrong and black <laughs> and yellow. Wrong. And you're getting called out on this Wiz Khalifa thing. I'm just saying, this, if you just stick with Lil Reggie Wayne, I think you would be like way more set in your music acrobat. Well, Lil Reggie Wayne did the black and yellow remix, Green and Yellow, because mm-hmm. yes, Lil Wayne's dad played for the Packers. Ah. Fun fact. It's pretty good, actually. From the texter. The Aggies are going to win two games in the NCAA basketball tournament? Please. They're not even going to win the conference. Well, they're uh, first place in their conference right now, aren't they? Isn't that, isn't that... So they are, but they're not. Because you know how weird that is? Oh, they got the other teams got the tiebreaker. Yeah, so it's, okay. so they lose to Sam Houston, but also they're not. Because there's like, they have, are they 6-1? and one? Is that what it is, Michael? 6-1. and one. Okay. So the problem is Seattle is 6 and 0. Oh. So that technically puts them like first because they don't have a loss. But they just played a bunch of losers though. Well, yeah, and they have a worse overall record. So the Aggies have the best overall record, but they caught that L from Sam Houston and because they caught that L from Sam Houston. By the way, Sam Houston only has one L. But the top of it which is Seattle, Sam Houston, State, 
And I guess Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's next. Yeah. yeah. Five and two. Those are kind of the four that are in the mix for the conference. Everyone else, no offense to like our Utah Valley fans. <laughs> Dixie State's a real college. Dixie State. And St. George, Utah. Cool. Moab land. Hey, cool. Dixie State sounds like a fake college from like an 80s comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. an online college. I thought somebody hacked the New Mexico State website when I saw it on their schedule. Dixie State is when there's a group of street performers that are really good at playing the drums. And then they're like, but we could enter a collegiate competition and win a drum off. <laughs> and they're like, what school could we be? And they go through like a phone book and they're like, Dixie State, man. We do have that one whistle solo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you see this uh, Kansas City Chiefs thing? I did. I'm into it. Do you want to unpack it real quick? Yeah. I mean, that's what I do for a living. 6,000 Chiefs fans, approximately Vital. Don't fact check that. That's where I was going to the Google machine. Over 6,000. Google machine. <laughs> I hang out with a lot of people in my life, Michael. I got a lot of friends. I only have the one you. Like, there's no one else. You are just you. Over 6,000 Chief fans have donated to the John R. Help me out here. Oishi? Whatever. Okay. Children's Hospital in Buffalo. Most fans donated $13 increments to show their respect to Josh Allen. Total, since Sunday, this Children's Hospital has received $80,000 from 6,000-ish fans. Uh, thank you, Buffalo. You have such a good fan base that you make other fan bases a fan of your base. It's crazy. The base of Buffalo, New York. How do you get – and this is like the Chiefs are like, hey, we feel bad for beating you. Let's help some kids. Yeah. You, you got me. Yeah. You got me real good. You think they gave Josh Allen a heads up before they did that? All right, you, you never pick Tails. Do you want to go into this right now? <laughs> Tails is the loser pick. Tails always fails. Well, no, That's the, the saying. The saying is Tails Prob never fails. The probability, right? It's 51% heads. Everyone knows that. That's You're wrong. What? If you flip a coin a million times, yeah. it's barely Tails is the victor because the head of the coin weighs ever so slightly more. You could not be more wrong. You're talking about traditional quarters from a million years ago. Ever since these like weird state quarters have come out, uh, those things are just caked on. Well, the NFLs are like giant coins. Oh, so the, I think this doesn't apply those whatsoever. Coin flips are heavy. All right, I'm not factoring in specifically NFL coins. I'm factoring in the universe. The universe says, "Okay, go tails on. always fails." Let me give you an example. My friend Josh Allen the other day was playing in this football game, and they went into overtime. And you know what he did? Foolishly, failed. You need to take this attitude, okay, to that casino from Vegas vacation. If you're so confident, <laughs> I wish I could remember the name of it. I wouldn't. I know what casino it wasn't. 
Okay, here we go. It definitely wasn't the T.Y. Hilton, that's for sure. Well, I've heard if you have a choice, if you get to pick heads or tails, the players themselves are successful because they always pick tails. Tails always wins. If we, if this call that you're getting, Michael, is about heads or tails probability, put them through right now. Okay. Is this the, the lead probability mathematician from UNM calling right now? That's what we need. Because I'm tired of putting both of you through the Irving Fryer on this. Nice. I got you. Very nice. This is my new favorite NFL thing. That old thing where NFL fans would be violent and terrible towards each other and get on message boards and dox people and do weird stuff, this is my new favorite thing. Well, this Bill's Mafia started this. Bill's Mafia is the fan base that started doing the donation for the losing team. Yes. When they snuck into the playoffs and they sent all that money. This is how clubs work. Let me show you. Hey, you're great. Let me show you how good I am. And speaking of how good I am, friend of the show, Jason, is joining us to tell us how Tails always fails. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. It depends on the coin. It, do, it doesn't fail if you're flipping a dime or a penny. It's going to come up Tails more often. It, it Really, whoever talked about the weight on each side of those coins is right. Thank so, you. So, I mean, I've flipped too many coins with too many people. Well, I have. Well, I live in the future, Jason. So I have an app on my phone, and I feel like the Tails app, like it's called the Heads app, right? Because Heads Heads is the bet. I, I I understand you've flipped a lot of quarters in back alleys gambling matches. Are you a greaser or a social? <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm a pool player. There we go. So you're, oh, yeah, it, there it's we pretty go. close. You're pretty close. It's not uh, quite the alley, but uh, <laughs> it's it, inside of the alley. All right, so you're down. So, at, yeah. you're down at Billiards Palace, Jason. Okay, and it's coming yep. down to the fifth set, and you got it's right, right. here, and you got a flip. Is it? Are you calling heads? Or are you calling tails? I never call t- heads in my life. Oh, I, I've always God, called tails, God. and I'm a champion. Yes. I and win he's all the a time. champion. You, you hear that? The time. <laughs> I, I, so I'm actually I'm going down to Billiards Palace tomorrow. So this is a fun small world. So I'll be down there tomorrow okay. with my friend in real life, Johnny, who plays. Ooh. I'm going to go down okay. there and hang out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to call tails every time. And then after I win, I'm going to erupt in celebration like I actually won the entire thing. This is my plan. I'm going to look for you tomorrow night at Billiard Palace. Can't miss me. I'm so you tall. You can't miss him. You cannot miss him. <laughs> Friend of the show, Jason, who I'm going to bring a T-shirt to at Billiard Palace if I make it out there tomorrow night. Jason, you're the best. Thanks for the call, man. Good dude. Cheers, Jason. So I know he said. I, I in guarantee it, you, if Jason is playing pool regularly at Billiard Palace, he knows friend of the show, friend in real life, Dion. Ah, Dion. Well, he, all right, because he's infamous, and we don't use last names when talking about friends of the show no, unless no, no, they no, say no, no, you no. can. No, we're gonna. That's we're, why it's my friend Johnny. Sure. Yeah. I do like Billiard's Palace. I don't know if you guys mess with it. I do. It's. Have you been, Michael? It's yeah, old and I've seedy. Been there. It's old school, and I think it used to be like an adult entertainment facility. It looks like it was on the inside. <laughs> yeah, like the- so like, the place looks a little divey, but the tables and felt are always like perfectly taken care of. Yeah. It's such a good dichotomy. I love it. I love it everything so about it. That was an unpaid advertisement. Yeah, yeah. For unendorsed Palace. for Billiards yeah. Palace. Thank you to Jason. So the heavier side wins. Thank you. Also, I don't care if you donate $13 or $17 to this charity. You can donate any amount of dollars that you want. I'm in on that. I'm in on I'm in on people as a group helping people as a group. Sure. Because if a little 
gets a lot, then give a little. Many hands and all that. I mean, if you're a baller, donate Travis Kelsey's number, you coward. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let me rescind everything I just said. Okay. This entire story is bogus. I am a full-on liar. What are you talking about? I was reading an article from five hours ago, which was stupid. Uh-huh. $80,000 is not $80,000. $80,000 currently, according to WGRZ, is $255,000. Oh, my God. In the last four hours, it went up that much? Bro, are what? You, are you telling me they raised another $170,000 since the beginning of this segment, Fred? Is that what happened? That's the influence we have? Oh, my goodness. Let's <laughs> wait till you get to the billiards place tomorrow, man. Yeah. As of 545 Eastern, one would assume, although I don't understand time travel and I don't need the lecture again. Okay. The John R. O'Shea Children's Hospital says, quote, $255,017 has been donated so far from over 10,000 people. The number of donations has more than doubled in less than 20 hours. Wowza. This is why sports is good. This is the part where it's good. The part where you can't take your kid to a Dodgers game because the fans lack a fool, that part sucks. This is the part where it's good. Sure. All right, so I'm, I've decided I am now part of the fake news, and I want Buffalo to only ever win ever again, so they're always getting donations moving forward. Because they won't get more donations this year. Well, they got to keep winning and then lose a big one to get the donations. If they just win all, if they just win out, there's no pity donations. It's a good point. See what I'm saying? Because it's like a heartbreaking loss, but like it's like your heart is filled with warmth. But you know they're going to start a competition now with Bills Mafia. Oh yeah, because Bills Mafia is already the best fan base in football. So now we're like, oh yeah, Kansas City, can't wait till next year. It's on. Not just the games on the field, but the donations off the yeah. field. And then, well, and then so let's say Kansas City loses this weekend, then Buffalo fan is like, hey, don't worry. We'll show you like the Green Beckham, like we got you. I like it. I like it a lot. You don't think that sports fans are that generous, but boy, what a great story. I think some sports fans are the most generous. Sure. That's how I feel. But they, similar to, like, a lot of, like, outspoken, smaller populations, they just do dumb stuff. Like, the dumber sports fan is the one that catches the headline. The guy that runs on the field during the game because of a $1,000 bet, who yeah. we won't really talk about. Right. That guy catches the attention. It's the same thing on the news, on Facebook, on Reddit. The loudest, craziest voices are the ones that get heard. Yeah. Right? It's and sometimes, like, you guys know this, you can't see the tree because of the Robert Woods. Through the Robert Woods. I was close. Time close. to go for a break. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and Busters presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Penny on Coffee. Play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YNCA. Spend our evenings at O'Neill's and our weekends at Electric Playoffs. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports <laughs> Before we came back from the break, Mike says, hey, this one's a good song. And that's, today's the day I knew Mike was a liar. I haven't played this song in a while. It's the Fix. The what? Name of the group is The Fix. Well, I've had my Will Fuller of it. 
Oh, Fred, I don't know. That's not your best work. Is your brain okay? Here we go. I'm worried you might have an Armani tumor. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, one way or another? Is that is that that song is? Yeah. By who? The Fix. The Fix. Never heard of that. Fix is in, bro. That's a saying. That's just a. That's a. It uses the same word. That's not the band. I'll flip you for it. Yeah. Well, cool tails. <laughs> tails. <laughs> Everyone, I'm I, I'm being serious. That's now on my qualifier of if I like you as a people. Like, you know, I already have, you have to have eaten toast with cinnamon, sugar, and butter. Sure. Now I also have, you have to pick heads. So that's a dumb one. Is it? You're like Thanos. You're just going to get rid of half of the people immediately. Okay. It's like 50-50. Well, 50-50, but it's weighted to the good ones. Okay, well, me and Vital are Tails guys, so what does that say? Nice knowing you. And Jason, me, Vital, and Jason are Tails guys, and we're winners. No. <laughs> you, first, Friend of the show, Jason, seems like a cool dude. Sure. Very good at pool, so I hear. Uh-huh. So he just told us just now. Yeah. When he gets down there to the Billiards Palace and he like leans up against the pool table, he's basically a Tyler Lockett to win. You think so? Yeah. Okay, that's a good that's a good one. Go all day, Mike. So are we making <laughs> are we making poster boards that say like go Jason on it or what when we go down to Billiards Palace tomorrow? I will go down to Scott Cregan at Graphic Connections right now and I'll walk in the door and I'll say, I need a hashtag team Jason shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. And on the back it says, hashtag team heads. <laughs> and he'll Love see the it. show and be like, oh, my God, team Jason. I'll be like, yeah. Nope. Check out, Look at yeah, the back. Team heads, bro. Wrong Jason, sucker. Yeah. I'm here for Jason Smith. It actually says, so it says <laughs> team on the top, then Jason. But Jason is a sticker. And I pull it off the T-shirt. Then it says heads. And then it reveal heads. Uh, and Jason's like, what? Jason's like, there's a lot of work you put into this. Did did Graphic Connections charge you for this? I say, well, I mean, yes, yeah, they did a lot, yeah, and they they quoted me in a price, and I said, listen, you're telling me this shirt is twenty dollars? Heads or tails, bro? Heads, it's ten dollars. Tails, it's thirty. You just give me twenty dollars, Fred. I don't have time for this. Those are rummage sales rules. You guys do that at your yard sales? That's how I do yard sales. Have we had this talk on air? Have we have we done this bit? All right, so here's what I do at yard sales. Okay, hit me with it. So I put a price on something, whatever, $1. Sure, it's a dollar. Yeah, this yeah, this T-shirt I got at, that I caught in an isotopes game, I'm selling for $1. Mm-hmm. And then I have a big sign that I make with, I don't know if you're familiar, Crayolas. And it says, heads or tails, every game. And then we flip a coin. And you're like, I'm like, do you want to pay $1? Or do you want to flip a coin, heads or tails? And if it's heads, you have to pay me $2. If it's tails, you get it for free. And people will be like, yes, I want to ride that lightning. Now, do I lose? 49% of the time. But do I win? 51% of the time. I also do this with rock, paper, scissors. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Rochambeau you for it. That's a very good one. I'm just saying, I got a system to my life that you guys are interrupting. 
Ro- Ro- Rosham Dwaynebow. <clears throat> Somewhere over the Rosham Dwaynebow. That's a good one. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> You're talking about NFL fans and how good they are whenever they help people. Right now, the Los Angeles Rams are the, as good as they're ever going to be, right? Can't argue otherwise. They're on a roll. The last time they were this good, they won a Super Bowl in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They just made a movie about it. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of fans. A lot of people were cheering for the greatest show on turf. St. Louis has quite the passionate fan base. They love them some stuff. And, well, until it gets taken away inevitably, and then you get – what's that called when you when you get, like, that syndrome where, like, you still love someone that doesn't love you? That's what it happens to the like – Phantom limb syndrome? Yeah. But, like, a football team? Yes. Okay. <laughs> St. Louis fans are so passionate. They made this garbage rapper Nelly famous. Have you ever heard of that guy? Look what they did to him. That's how passionate a fan base they are. Interesting. You run him out of town or what? <laughs> the world made uh, him famous. I just, I just had to poke Fred a little bit. The entire world, just so there's no confusion. The entire world made him famous. So, this Rams team is as good as they've ever been. Arguably. Mm -hmm. And they're in the second biggest media market in the country. And you would think they would have fans. You would think they would have support. Tori, hold on just a second. Thank you. You think the greatest show on turf is better than Jim Everett and Eric Dickerson? Oh, yes. Hard yes. You say yes? Oh, hard yes. Okay. We're talking about ships. I know that to be true. I just wanted to say Tori, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is, if, and this is a big if, if you're a Rams fan, which you're not, you can claim to be, you're not, because I know you're not going to be at SoFi Stadium for this NFC Championship game, because it's about to get run out by San Francisco 49ers fans. Look, we saw the turnout of wildcard weekend, and the upper bowl of SoFi was bare. They better block out those seats because San Fran will travel. Yeah. San Fran fan will show up. Mm-hmm. And they're already trying to do the same thing that um, t- uh, Titans fan did. So you can't have an opposing zip code. You can't buy tickets with a zip code of the opposing Yeah, on your credit card. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So only people from that zip or a, a collective of zips can buy those tickets. The Rams are doing the same thing right now. I don't think it's going to work. No, they changed it. They just re- they just they went back on it just now because they weren't going to sell enough ticket. They weren't going to sell at the game. There's not enough Rams fans that wanted to go. Ouch! And Rams wow, fan, that's bad. Who has season tickets? By the way, individual Rams fan does not. Corporation does, and they give them to whatever exec. They don't want to go. They sell them to 49ers fan. Sure. That's how that works. Scalping? Are you talking about scalping? Because they don't care. Talking about conscientious business, blah, 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 blah. They wanted to have home field advantage, but selling Herman Moore tickets was way more important to them. Can you believe people from the 94016 are going to come down all the way to Los Angeles to watch Jimmy Garoppolo complete like five passes? They got scalped tickets (laughs) on top of it. Let's go more into this whenever. We get back from the break. It's two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. 
I just, I just don't get it anymore, Michael. Like, I'm really trying. There's just no consistency to he it. got to mix it up a little. He does. He does mix it up. I just, I'll flip you a coin on how the next song goes. Nice. I just don't know how to, like, just engage your direction. Mm. Nice. With all this different kind of music being played, yeah. I feel like there's too many Brandon Cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> Touche. I think that was a linebacker at Louisiana State. Bobby Touche. <laughs> nice. Toucan Sam. That You're just saying things now. Toucan Sam play at that game. <laughs> that's what you should have said. Back to this 49ers-Rams thing, because we're, what, like – Five minutes away from Jeff Kramer joining us. We're going to talk to you and M. Lobos. Stoked. What a dude. Fact or fiction, Van, there will be more 49er fans at SoFi Stadium than there will be Los Angeles Rams fans. <sighs> That's fiction, but it's going to be close. It literally just happened. It just happened weeks ago. I know it wasn't a conference championship. I recognize that difference, but it's literally just happened. I think it's going to be 50-50, barely on the Rams' advantage. San Francisco travels well. San Francisco has a hardcore fan base. Mm -hmm. San Francisco, if you can afford to live in San Francisco, you can afford conference championship. Oh, ticket. yeah. Everyone in SoFi Stadium this upcoming Sunday owns a Peloton. That's not even in question. For now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not going to have a ton of value here in about five minutes. I'm excited for the 49ers to play back-to-back games in SoFi. <clears throat> I'm about that because that's what's about to happen. And if you're a 49ers fan, you just go down and get an Airbnb. Not the one we got for the Super Bowl because we're already there. We're already there. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, boys. Have we made a formal announcement that we're going to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. This has been very poor. We've been talking about it. We're going. We're going. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to Radio Row, Michael. We should have... All right, here's what we need to do. The problem is with our schedules, me, you, and Robert are never in the room together. It's literally... We can't can't make an announcement together. I thought that was a COVID thing you put in place, so there'd always at least be one of us for the show. I get left out of a lot of group texts. You know what? I'm always worried. One of us is a Mark Carrier... (laughs) <laughs> which one is it dun, 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 dun. Uh, we'll flip a coin coming up next <sighs> I can have all these excellent points just derail it just derail the whole thing <laughs> don't softball them jokes into me I won't hit them out the park I just don't need any DJ more of them okay Comedian that does. I'm sure if you don't want any of any more of them, I'm sure there is a Joey Galloway to shut me up. <sighs> Keeps going on and on and on. And I don't know if right now, as you sit next to me, it's either that it's halfway or all the way, but is your Cooper Cup full of this or not? I was saving that one. Good job. Nice well, one. well done. Nice. Well done. <clears throat> I am sad that Cooper Cup, the should-be NFL MVP, is playing his last game this upcoming weekend. That's a bummer. 
He's very exciting. Even though the Rams have a uh, have a road game <laughs> in San Francisco Stadium in Los Angeles, I still think the Rams are going to win. It's going to be a real explosive one. I have a rocket Ishmael joke, but I, could, I couldn't really figure out how to put it together. Jeff Kramer, we get back. We're going to talk UNM. It has been, um, well, it's been an emotional ride for the Lobos thus far. I-9 Sports presents this program. We're proud to be partnered with the YMCA, O'Neill's, and the Electric Playhouse. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Five-point game, 50 seconds left. House into the front court. House crossing over. House to the rim. House floater. Good! House with 19. Timeout, Coach Patino and the Lobos. One possession game with 45 seconds to go. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Jeff Jimmy Grammer. Jeff, we're running out of wide receiver football puns. I had to go with a tight end there. I'm very sorry. I'm um, okay with Jimmy Grammer. That's that, that's okay. I'm I'm a 49er guy, but there's yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would work with Jeff or Grammer. So yeah, was kind of I'm this. okay. Jimmy Grammer had his day. I'm, well, I'm good with that. Fred, if you need to go to the wide receiver pun store, I can't take you myself, but I can get you a Donald Driver. <sighs> I like it. I like it. Jeff, this is every day of my life. <laughs> every day of your life is Lobos basketball, and I can't convince myself either way, Jeff. Is it a team that's right there on the cusp and they're just having a tr- hard time putting together 40 full minutes, or is it a team that is going to need another year or two to get to the top of this conference? I, I think it's a team that is <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. Some people are going to be annoyed just hearing this. I think it is a team that is 100% a year away from being right back in the thick of, of top of the conference kind of conversation because the way the transfer portal works. If they if they go out there and they can convince two big men, um, maybe a power, I don't think it has to be like a big name school or anything, but if you can go get a six foot eight, six foot nine big man from who, who just wasn't getting the playing time or, or had his issues at an ACC school or something like that, if you can convince him that, like, look, we got two guards that are pretty good, you can come out here and in the Mountain West, we're one one big away from really being competitive again. I think they can get a big-name guy, but I think even more important than that, what they should do is what Eric Musselman at Nevada did for a few years when he had Nevada just rolling, was he would go get smaller school transfers that um, actually played minutes, you know, guys that played 30 minutes and, and were good good scorers and good rebounders at Southeast Missouri State and stuff like that. That's what Eric Musselman built his program with. And if they go get, you know, some six foot eight power forward who averages, you know, 30 rebounds a game right now at a <laughs> Southland Conference school that we've never heard of, Northwest Directional State University, nice. go get a guy like that who's doing 35 minutes a game and all he does is rebound. And you just tell him, look, we got two guards that shoot 15 times a night, whether they're hitting them or not. You're going to have a lot of rebound opportunities. Come do it at the Mountain West level, and you'll you'll get you know people will pay attention, people will see it. So I think they actually have not only a, a need to go get a couple big men and and be a much better team, but I actually think they they fit a profile where they're an attractive um, location for a couple of big men who are just trying to either get some numbers that they're not getting right now or just play at a higher level. So. They are a year away. None of that makes people feel any better right now. Um, I think for the past eight, nine years that they've been on their the longest um, postseason drought since the pit opened, um, they people a lot of times think they're only a year away 
really they're not. They, they haven't been a year away for several years. I do think they're only one year away right now, and I think it's because they have the core. They have several really good guards and several really good role players around them. They're just missing big men right now. That's all they're missing. Jeff, I got all the faith in Coach Patino that he's going to get some good players and get some good recruits here, and we're going to have a program back in the next year or two. They need players now, though. <laughs> they, they do, man. They are winded every game. They only had eight active players last game. How are you going to win yeah. if everyone's sweating buckets all over the court? And, and I, I mean, I, so I do a postseason column online only that's an empty, called Emptying the Notebook, and I – there was a clip that you know the Fresno State basketball team put on. Um, UNM puts their team's highlights. The other team puts their team's highlights. And there was a late in the game, about five minutes ago in the game, Orlando Robinson, the, the Fresno State big man, um, seven-footer. He'll be in the NBA. He's a third-year guy who got better every year, kind of kept developing. Um, kind of what Patino talks about with this team, right? you got to be a little bit patient. Sure. If, if he had a, a roster full of guys that had been in his program for three years, they'd be a whole lot better than they are right now. But what you got is an, a future NBA player with a hurt ankle driving into the lane, doing a, a kind of shake over his right shoulder, and then a spin, spinning, turnaround, fadeaway, falling in the lane, jump shot that was nothing but net. And he was being oh, guarded. Hero by, stuff. Hero stuff. Yep. Hero stuff. And it, and it looked wonderful. And this future NBA guy's being guarded at the time by six foot six Jordan Arroyo, who's a walk-on from Atrisco Heritage, that kind of shows you where the two programs are right now. Late in the conference game at home, where the Lobos are desperate to get their first conference win of the season, they have three centers who are already off or unavailable right now that they entered the season thinking they had. Their starting center, Sebastian Forsling, had four fouls and was really limited down the stretch with what he even could play. And if he did play, I don't know that he could have done any different. So you're actually out there late in the conference game playing a six foot six walk on center against a future NBA player and you're still in the game, you know, in the final seconds. You you still had a chance to an open three pointer with your best three point shooter to tie the game. So man, it's sort of everything fans say they want out of a team. Like fans say things like, even if they're not winning, as long as they're playing hard and fighting till the end, that's all I want. Well, this team's giving you all that. You know, how long we'll see how long that that patience lasts because uh and you got to start winning some games. Well, and, you know, I talk about this regularly. You know I broadcast for New Mexico Highlands, and, and they're having a hard time closing out some games in the Rocky Mountain Athletic. And the thing about every game is it's entertaining. The thing about every game is yeah. it's coming down to the final minute. And, you know, I have that same vibe with the Lobos. We're like, you know, obviously we work in the profession, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Coach Patino. I'm a fan of the players. I'm a fan of the program. And I feel, Jeff, and maybe I'm looking through it with my cherry and silver colored glasses, but this team, which is currently sitting at – off the top of my head, seven and thirteen, like yeah. are they? They're that close to twelve and six. You know the yeah, the, the state. They're, I know they're zero and seven go, right now in Mountain West play. Could be four and three. Only, could be easily. They, they could yeah yeah they could be four and three uh, absolutely. I mean they. So yeah, obviously they're very close. Um, when all you are is a bunch of guards at this point, and even their forward Jalen Tovar has been playing great the last three games. Um, kind of had a come-to-Jesus meeting with, with Patino about his attitude on the court. Even though he doesn't have a bad attitude, I think he came to the realization that his expression, kind of perception is reality, right? Like, he mopes. He, it looks like he's moping out there a lot. And, and he actually has a good attitude. Everyone on the team says it, but he, he doesn't show it, right? He looks like he's, he's whining a lot. So he kind of had this moment where it, it became a reality to him that that's the perception he's, he's sending out there. So 
when he kind of started to change that, he started to play better. He is a guy too, though, that is a guard. He's a six foot nine, doesn't weigh two hundred pounds. You know, like he's very thin. He can't really play center even in the on a roster that needs him to. And so even their big men are really just guards that are shooting threes a lot of the time. That they are lacking what every team they've played so far has pretty good, which is big men. And um, look, they they needed this Friday night game against San Jose State, who's another winless team. They needed San Jose State and maybe Air Force on the on the schedule about two weeks ago, rather than already their road game at Nevada. They're They've already played Boise State, who's in first place. They played Wyoming, who until last night was undefeated and played for first place at Boise last night. They've already played the team getting the most votes in the AP poll, Colorado State. They've already played the toughest schedule so far in the Mountain West. Nobody cares about that because you got to play them all eventually anyway. But, man, when you're 0-7 and you're just looking for that first win, you wish you would have had some of those San Jose State games already you know, on your schedule. Considering it's Patino's first year, considering – it's a COVID year, considering the injuries, considering players not being there. Does the win and loss record hide the fact that this is a successful season for Coach Patino? Mm, a little bit. So I guess what successful is, like, I don't think he was ever going to be judged internally at the athletic department by, you know, any wins or losses this year. It was kind of like our fans going to show up. Like, that we need to make money again off this global basketball team. We didn't have to sell a single ticket last year for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, attendance had been going down. And then this year, kind of another monkey wrench was thrown in with, with obviously mask mandates, a pandemic that's still very much going on. Um, now through the end of January, though they haven't officially announced anything, I, I imagine it's through the end of the season. But technically, through the end of January, they have a, a vaccination requirement that some people think has also affected the attendance. So you can't really even put that on on certainly not the, the coach they hired from another state when all this was already going on, right? Like, I don't think there's really anything that you can judge him, um, you know, negatively, but even or ne- necessarily positively on either. Like, it's just sort of a chalk it up to we got to wait another year before we really judge him either way. Like, I don't think he's done anything that deserves negative um, criticism, certainly not to any extreme level. Um, you could probably nitpick something, some decisions here, some decisions there. Maybe maybe the guys he brought in, you could question why he didn't bring in another big, although going into the season, he, again, you thought he had multiple centers. So I don't think you can judge him um, off this season. Uh, I don't want to say that that just makes everything, you know, house money. doesn't matter what he does. He still has to do something, but I think he's doing that. I think him and the staff are probably doing the right thing. Um, within reason. I think the main thing the basketball team was going to be judged on internally this year, though, was if they could make any money at the at the gate again. And uh, so far that hasn't exactly happened the way they had hoped, but they did sell you know, almost 8,000 season tickets, which is second best in the Mountain West. So. Nice. The women's team is another story, though, Jeff. I mean, they can do no wrong. 8-0 in conference, 17-4 overall. They're, they literally play every player. They literally van play every player on the roster like they're they're up and down all the way through jeff is the energy around covering the women's team i mean it's just you're having the most fun right so on the women's side what mike bradbury is doing is is remarkable because it looked like he was for several years uh, what we talked about to start this segment like on the cusp like how close is he right you know this and that well for years like they had been their fans have been wondering, why aren't they getting top 25 votes? Look how close they are. Look how good they're doing. They're doing this. They're doing that. Well, you know, there, there's always been some caveats. Uh, it, it's in a league that overall isn't one of the better 
women's conferences in, in the country at all. I mean, their their NCAA tournament team every year is like a 13 seed. They're they're one of, in women's basketball. They're kind of what like a Southland Conference school is in men's basketball. So like the conference overall isn't considered very strong, and they still weren't quite breaking through. They weren't getting to the NCAA tournament. They weren't succeeding in March. So there was always something that was kind of holding them back. And I'll tell you, last year what they did to win a conference tournament, and still they, they ended up losing in the – I mean the conference championship regular season. They still ended up losing in the conference tournament. Still kind of left this one little we, – we wish there was one more step they could take. I don't see what else they can do other than make that next step at this point. They are a good program. They have veterans. They're mixing in freshmen now. Like it's not like they're going to lose a whole bunch of players this off season and have the uh, bare cupboard. They're they're playing a bunch of freshmen and young players along with their seniors and super seniors. So th- this is a program right now that's running so smoothly that uh, it, it's impressive to see it kind of all coming together for them. It looks like they're they have a good chance of the second straight Mountain West title. Obviously, it's not easy, but uh, they they got a good chance at it and they they got things running well. It's fun. Lady Lobos sixteen and four and hey. 10 and 0 at home. You want Albuquerque, you want to see a dub in yeah. the pit? Yep. Go check out the Lady Lobos. Do you think like the national disrespect that the Lobos are getting is just because of the Mountain West and the competition they've been playing? A little bit. I mean, the in women's basketball, they I think that the haves and have-nots I think is it, it's growing, but it used to be I think the perception, again, we're talking perception here. Um, the perception was there was, you know, UConn, and for a while there, Tennessee, and then there's just who else is in women's basketball. Well, that, that's grown. It's not just, you know, the top five or six teams. Now, there's there's a really solid top 30 teams, 40 teams, and then maybe a drop-off where nationally you're just not going to know who else um, is doing well around the country. But, but UNM's kind of in that on the cusp of maybe being recognized regularly as that team that's really good out west every year. And maybe we should start paying attention to them. I think that's probably where the Lobos fall. Jeff Grammer, thank you for helping us, James Thrash, through all of these Lobos questions. I like it. Thanks, guys. You're a good friend. Hey, Jeff Grammer is so good. Yeah. He absolutely Webster slaughtered that interview. Nice. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Remember the time we did a whole Lobo segment just to set up a wide receiver pun? Yep. For real, though, and I know everyone who's, like, a friend of this show follows Jeff on the Twitter and follows, like, they read him in the journal. They know that he knows. But it's the way he delivers it to where it's, hey, boys, stop getting so excited. Or, hey, boys, necessary excitement here, but consider this. And that, to me, is, like, the levity that I think this program needs. Because I don't want to just look at Coach Patino and be like, hey, he's here. You know, Van said he's going to get the big names in the transfer portal, and Van said he's going to get the big junior college guys, and Van said he's going to make NBA players, so I'm the guy. Because Jeff will be like, hey, that guy's actually pretty hard to find. Like, there's going to be a lot of work going into finding that guy. Yeah, drop it down a peg, radio voice. Yeah, figure it out, Van. I wanted to, before we go to the break, just warn you that when we come back, I'm going to end Aaron Rodgers' career. Nice. I'm very sorry. Let's do it. I'm going to do this to both of you. I'm very thankful, though, of Dave & Buster's allows us to bring you this program live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. 
Hey Siri, Shazam this song. I'm not, I can't do that. Ding. <laughs> Inside baseball for the friends of the show. So I keep the texture open on my iPad. So it's just always open or whatever. And my iPad just tried to do the Siri thing. <laughs> ah, nice. Ah! So did about 100 people in their cars right now. From the texter, tell Van his low stamina, he will John Stallworth out soon. What does that mean? Ooh. What does that mean? I hope the lady's not listening. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy there. That game's going to be over like Rocket Ishmael. Over What? Is that a challenger joke? I don't like challenger mm-hmm. jokes. That's not, is it? Too soon. Is there too soon? There, yeah, this is still too soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how does a how does an astronaut check his correspondence in his rocket Ishmael? All right, I'll buy that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know why I go with John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate and Cold War Banker Legacy? Why is that? Because I don't need a rocket Ishmael mortgage. Oh, very good. Thank you. Okay, very good. All right. About to end this man's whole career. Watch out, Aaron Rodgers. Fred Slow's got some bullets in his Chris Chambers. Nice. (laughs) It's a very good one. I'm leaving. Let's do too much of this. <laughs> you got you got 38 minutes, dog. <laughs> I don't know why you don't love this stuff. Because I know you're a big fan of that joke. And Robert Lee Bullet Bob Hayes. That one I had to Google. That one doesn't count. Yeah. He's a cowboy, though. So Rogers goes on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. You talked about this yesterday with Robert? You and Robert Gibson? Of course I lambasted Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And he says, people watch me play because they don't like me. Maybe because you lied about your immunization status. People wanted to watch me lose because of my vaccination status. That's not why. No, it's because you're a a dude that I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Almost went off air there. You're a liar. You're a deceiver. You believe in junk science. You have the same information as my dumbest aunt Mm -hmm. on Facebook. Also, I know for a fact, historically, that you cannot chug a beer and that makes you soft. Sure. Don't forget that. Mm. Don't ever forget that. You think Aaron Rodgers is one of the boys? Aaron Rodgers can't chug a beer. Discount double choke. <laughs> Some of the most subtle things are the most telling. Mm-hmm. All right. White bread that is toasted, butter, cinnamon, sugar. Always picking heads and being able to chug a beer. Hey, the middle one is wrong. It's, it's not wrong. The middle one is super wrong. <laughs> the first and the last one, hey. I believe you. Yeah, those are two, I get that. Those are two qualifiers for decent humanity. Me and you go out, okay? Okay. We're at O'Neill's. <clears throat> okay. Although O'Neill's is a fine, upstanding establishment, sure. I don't know if they let you chug beers there, because it's not a bar, it's a pub. And it's me, you, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And we're like, it's time to chug beers. Okay. And I go, one Bud Light, please. And because we're at O'Neill's, you go, one Guinness, please. Sure. And Aaron Rodgers goes, one Zima, 
Oh. So you guys got hard kombucha here? Yes. <laughs> hey, guys, Mike's hard. Am I right? <laughs> Take that, Vitel. <laughs> That's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know, we've been, we've been kicked out of a lot of bars, but O'Neal's always keeps their Clyde gates open for us. That one was a little niche. Yeah, you know Clyde Gates. Remember Clyde yeah. Gates, Vitale? Antonio yeah. is right there. He's a tight end. Okay. This he's, is wide receiver only. He's a wide receiver got placed at tight end. Also, congratulations to you, Michael, and your Chicago Bears. Because you guys have hated <laughs> Aaron Rodgers forever. Hold on now. I think you got somebody confused with me. This is only a Packer fan in in the You're not still Hold up. You're not still a Packers fan, though. Yes, I am. No. Yes. I'm not a Rodgers fan, but I'm a Packers fan. See, that's what I was talking about yesterday, that me and Vital are built different. I already jumped ship on the Oilers when I was young when they left town. I'll jump ship on the oh, Packers. Oh, yeah, you got to go. I'll jump ship. If he if he keeps up this insanity, I'll jump ship. He ain't, you think he's going to stop? If I find out <laughs> that this has all been a work this whole time to – Dumb down his trade value to this Saturday so night. He gets to go to the Mile High City. It's here's why it's a work. I already figured it out. Yeah. You're you're correct. Uh huh. This Saturday night in St. Louis, Missouri, the number thirtieth entry to the Royal Rumble is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> with a steel chair, and he runs out to a chorus of boos uh-huh. that have never been heard louder in any indoor facility in the history of the planet. And then I'm in. I'm back in. And the child chair. Crowd chance. Do your research. Yeah. Do your research. He says, I've owned you. I've owned you my whole career. And we're like, you've only played one game here ever. It was like 20 years this ago. This is the first match, bro. Yeah. Figure it out. I think all the offseason stuff that wore on me and then, you know, lying to people about, um, with no apology about his, uh, you know, uh, vaccination status, that, that wears on you. You know what Michael's doing right now? He's victim shaming, because Aaron Rodgers is the victim here. I've turned the, I've turned the entire ship on this thing. Michael and his Chicago Bears fandom yeah. have been picking on Aaron Rodgers his whole life. Sounds like Vital's already had his Chris Collinsworth of Aaron Rodgers. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Best way to say it. Yes. Do you feel weird about liking the Packers but not liking Aaron Rodgers? Do you feel like you're like cheating on your girlfriend? Like, what does it not feel like? Not at all. I love the Packers, always will. He's just another guy, just comes through, plays a number of years nope. with no success. That's not true. I mean, he, 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 I think people are sick of him. I just get sick of it after a while, maybe because he's on Pat McAfee and the, the media just, you know, brings it out there more than it really is. But just, you know, his comments and stuff. I don't care if he gets political. He's got his right, but sure. just everything, you know, it just gets on my nerves when you you're sitting there after a long career, you're only you only have one Super Bowl to talk about, and that's that's what gets me. He can I, talk all he wants if he gets more than three or two or three. I, I don't mind, but come on, one Super Bowl. I used to love Aaron Rodgers' quirks. I used to love Aaron Rodgers being a weirdo. I used to love Aaron Rodgers trolling the media and trolling reporters and having fun with people. I get it. Like that used to be sweet. But until you started giving false information to people who idolize you, 
That's where I draw the line. This is how I know you two aren't Packers fans, really. Okay. Because you should be mad that all that energy is putting in to like fake news and trolling and, and the woke mob and cancel culture and all this stuff. That's not effort he's putting into football. And if you're yeah, really exactly. a, if you're really a Packers fan, you have to hate his guts. Like and, and he can't he's not just a quote unquote another guy coming through town. He's a guy he's your arch nemesis. He's seven, your, seventeen years. He's your blood rival. One Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that's disgusting. Loser. Seventeen years. He let sixteen other people one win. One Super Bowl. Yeah. And the rest of the years he hey, let other guys win. You know who else has a Super Bowl title? Who's that? And a Super Bowl MVP? Who's that? Nick Foles. You're in the same category as Nick Foles in the playoffs. No one can touch you in the regular season. You're the greatest of all time in the regular season, but you have the same resume as Nick Foles. You're in the conversation with Trent Dilfer. (laughs) Here's the difference in those three names, Nick Foles, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson. Doug Williams. That's a good one. Yeah. The difference is, I don't hate any of those guys, sure. and I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> How do you know? Because they keep their mouth shut. He's so difficult at existing. Hey, can I lambask an entire culture that I, or an entire like segment of people that I recently just said were the best? Uh huh. So, San Francisco Forty Nine er fan is is a Northern California dude. Okay. They're the best for supporting the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Also, they're the worst people because Aaron Rodgers is from there, uh-huh. and he's super soft uh-huh. like you're from there, Yeah, and he can't connect with anyone that's not from there. He's softer than a semi-truck full of pillows. I mean, the truck itself would not be that soft. I don't... Well, that's a lot of pillows. To be full? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's actually pretty crazy. Very, very soft. <laughs> There's so many pillows in the truck. I'm there though, guys. I just you have to hate him. Like there's the only guy who can't hate him is the guy that right now over on KKOB for the last since Colin Kaepernick sure has been yelling "shut up and dribble" at every athlete that is currently real quiet. This is my shtick yesterday. Oh, you went down this road. I missed where, it. I was on with the Highlands. Where was "shut up and dribble" guy when Aaron Rodgers was spouting this idiocy? He's real quick to criticize LeBron James. Yeah. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, crickets. Keep politics out of my sports. Uh-huh. Until what? And by the way, Aaron Rodgers, 87% of this country, excuse me, 87% of adults have at least one shot. You're trying to appease 13% of the population. Oh, yeah. The hyper minority. Yeah. It... And it's and that number is just going to keep going down and down and down. I'm not a fan of name calling, but I'll leave you with this before we go to break. Aaron Rodgers is a dork. Sure. Two men on ninety five point nine FM AM six ten. The sports animal. Is this the theme music to National Lampoon Vacation? No. It's the Strokes. The what? The Strokes. Like the thing my dad had? Strokes were good there for a minute. I don't think they are. Yeah. This band? Is that a synthesizer? What year is this? Is this in the 80s? 80s, 90s. Right in there. The Strokes? No, Strokes are 2000s. 
Shut up. Yeah. Oh, this is when rock and roll got lost and no one really knew what they were doing. Yeah, they uh Is this it? That's like almost a 10. The oh, album is oh very God, good. I hope yeah, this is a good isn't album. It. They said this is it. Is this it is the name of the album. It's very good. You can name songs off of it? Sure. Last night. Jesus. What? Again? That's the song? Last right, night we, she wait, said? When we come back, play Last Night. You know that song. It's a huge song. I don't think it's fair to say an album is good if one song is good. No, the, that album is good beginning to end. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I just don't... What's the best way to say what I'm trying to say without sounding rude? I don't believe okay. that an album can be like Najee Good just because it has one song on it. Those are called singles. That's what I'm talking about. So a yeah. single I'm into. But an album, like a whole the EP? album is good, like I said out loud. The album is good from beginning to end. The album strokes Is This It is a very strong album beginning I, to end. I feel like other. I feel like I would know if it was. Because I feel like I would, if you said it just came out like a year ago, how long ago? It's from the early 2000s. So 20 years ago? Yeah. God, that should be on my radar, man. Because I was of an age of that time where if it was the thing you're describing, I would be familiar with it. You, as far as I know. Country grammar. Are you about to talk about country grammar? Only know Nelly and number one pop hits. You're talking about the St. Lunatics? You're talking about Nellyville? Yes. That's correct. I know you're just trying to Ernest Givens me a hard time right now, uh-huh. but you don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm that far off. Here's a guy who's kind of far off. What title do you want to use when talking about Antonio Brown? What title? Yeah, because I want to talk about Antonio Brown. I was about to be like, former Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown. But is that the title you want to use, or do we need, do we need like to appoint a title? Um, how about provocateur prima donna Antonio Brown? It's pretty good, actually. Thank you. I like more alliteration, so if you get something a little more illiterate, I would be into that. God, the, all the first words with P, I can't say on air. That's why. Um, yep, there we go. <laughs> provocateur Antonio Brown was for some reason on CBS's morning show this morning. Did you see this? You just told me about it. This one slipped through my radar today, and boy, is this hilarious. So CBS Mornings is not for me. Okay. But it does have Nate Burleson on it. And I don't know how to work his name into a pun. Nate Burleson? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who's the son of Burl? Like that's not even a very good surname. Nate. S- Throw these jokes in a Burl lap sapson. No, that no. Isn't, no. That's bad. That's a reach. Yeah. So this morning he says, "Quote on the morning show." <clears throat> when talking about Tampa Bay, I've never had a mental health diagnosis. I've never had an issue or problem. I don't take pills. I just got a high IQ. 
Okay, what? can we just unpackage that, that one <laughs> sentence? Let's unpackage really? that one sentence. He didn't say, I don't have a mental health issue. He said, I've never had a mental health diagnosis. True. I've never taken pills. Meh, probably true. Ugh. So he's not lying until you get to the high IQ part. Why? <laughs> how many me? How many people have you ever met where they're like, oh, I got a really high IQ? And of those people, how many of them can you just tell with the eye test that they don't? Sure. All. All of them. Nearly all of them. I don't know anyone who is a braggadocious about their IQ that actually has a high IQ. Yeah, I mean. All right, put that on my list. Look look through your life. Think about every conversation you've had. I know it's a little much to ask you right now. Yeah, but we got time. But think about it. Hey, Michael, how, many, how many times has somebody told you what they are and they were the exact opposite of that? I have an IQ. I'm very funny. Mm-hmm. I'm very good looking. If you had to tell me, obviously you're not that. That's what I'm saying. Sure. And also there's a way to package that thing. I'll use myself as an example okay. because it's easy to accept the criticizing text that will follow after this. Exciting. I say something along the lines of, how fortunate I am to have a little bit of a quick wit. Uh-huh. I don't say I have the quickest wit. Yeah. I don't say I have a quick, I have a little bit of. And I by al- the way. I also like jumping over low bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, I'm right on pace with you. You know what's more impressive to me than you having high IQ? When you can order at a restaurant without having to read everything on the menu. Like, there's little tricks in life that show me that you're actually of a level of intelligence. Antonio Brown's not it. And also that logic? All right, hear me out. I've never been to a doctor. I've never had a diagnosis. I never have received medicine. I don't need antibody or excuse me, antibiotics. I just have a high IQ. That's the exact same idea. Right. But it's preposterous when you put it in like medical terms. Sure. You put it in medical terms, how do you know that you're not just a giant tumor on the inside? How do you know? You don't know because you've never been to a doctor and you've never had a diagnosis and you've never been treated for that diagnosis. But Van and the circles I run in, I'm like way smarter than my friends. They tell me. What? You're the smartest person in the room. You need to find a new room. Yo, get out. If you walk into a room and everyone is sitting on the edge of their couch watching Rick and Morty, go find another room. Because that's loser stuff. Rick and Morty is is very popular, and I think you just angered a lot of people. Did I? Yeah. It, is is Rick and Morty fan right now like also Antonio Brown fan? No, because they think they're really smart. They got high IQs. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much those Venn diagrams <laughs> overlap there. And also, why are you going on CBS Morning to tell people you don't take medicine for your mental health? Here's the least breaking news in the history of all news. We've got a new book coming out, How to Influence People and Win Friends. Uh, and it's authored by by someone who's exactly saying the exact thing someone says before they have a mental health diagnosis. Right. I'm telling you, it's all work. 
It's all put together by publicists. He's going to go get that diagnosis. They're going to identify something. They're going to find a path to treatment. He's going to pursue that treatment. He's going to do really well. He's going to return to the league. He's going to make all the monies, and then he's going to screw it up. Apparently, he thinks that he's going to be on the Ravens next year. That was creepy. Playing with his cousin. Do you remember his who? Hollywood Brown. That's his cousin. Oh, I wasn't knowing that. Yeah. You're welcome. I did. I just learned that just now. It's okay. He, he like, photoshopped a Ravens jersey on himself. Correct. That's creepy. It's usually, Ravens fan would do that. Which is, like, equally creepy, but not as creepy. This right. is like when Odell Beckham Jr. made, like, the ultimate diss rap album that was actually a video of Baker Mayfield so that he could get traded to another team. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. And the Ravens are like, please don't do that. I don't know if they actually were, but there were internal conversations where they're like, please don't do that. You're not helping dad. Do you know that like pretty famous Photoshop of Donald Trump's head on Rocky Balboa's body? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Just yeah. creepy and weird. That is super well, he's weird. He's burned all his bridges wherever he goes. Antonio Brown or yeah, Donald Trump? Yeah, Antonio Brown. Okay. Well, probably both. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, also, as we're saying this, the only reason it's like standing out a little weird is because you did it on the CBS Morning Show. How many people in our lives are friends of our show that are listening right now that have people in their lives that are like, I've got a really high IQ. I don't got any problems. Like, a lot of people are kind of wired this way. Now they got a now they got a role model. Today's I nine varsity van. It's the I nine varsity of amusement parks. Yes. I already got I already got the winner. <laughs> cool. Amusement parks that we would like to frequent are just amusement parks, period. Find out whenever we get back. Thank you to the YMCA, O'Neill's, and Electric Playhouse for allowing us to do the program. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. What do we got, Mike? Like five minutes? Yeah, exactly. All right. Big thank you to Bob Nightingale for joining us. Big thank you to Adam Young for joining us. Big thank you to Jeff Grammer for joining us. A lot of guests today. We did well on that. Thank you to friend of the show, Mailman, friend of the show, Howard. New friend of the show, Jason, who I'm going to run into tomorrow night at Billiards Palace. That's so like that's so nice and sweet and kind, but also insanely creepy. I'm into it. That he calls in, and then the very next day you're going to be at his pool game. It is a weird coincidence. Yeah. Is it a coincidence, though? What I'm saying is, Jason, watch your back. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sharing my location with Van, and I want everyone to know that. I'm always sharing my location. You know what? I mean, we share each other's location. Yeah. We lived in the same place for a while. That's true. We share a bank account. Yeah. We go to the gym together. Oh, God, it's getting weirder. Vital, <laughs> I have an idea. Don't ask me to marry you. Do will not you want to be seen with you guys out in public? Vital, will you demarry us, Thomas? Oh. <laughs> All right. We're about to Carl Pickens, our favorite amusement parks. Today's I-9 Varsity Ooh. is the I-9 Varsity of amusement parks. Okay, Van? Okay. So I nine sports, are you familiar you're familiar with I nine sports? Very. So huge I, fan. I nine sports servicing you here in Albuquerque, Edgewood, 
Rio Rancho. Connect with I-9 Sports, League Office 280 at I-9Sports.com. 505-312-4999. Get your kids enrolled. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Because I feel either way we're going to steal each other's bit. Okay. You go. Jurassic okay. Park. So number okay. one is Jurassic Park. Okay. It's the coolest amusement park. With proper management, I feel like it could be handled quite well. And all you have to do is, like, cut out some of the cancer. Like, Newman is not the guy to make the thing go round. Yeah, I agree completely. It's a moneymaker, Jurassic like, Park. over and over and over again. Like a lot of people say, why do they keep making Jurassic Parks? They keep killing everybody. And I'm like, I want to see a dinosaur. I don't care. I will risk my life. My my life is not worth seeing a dinosaur. Plus, af, you know, after all the weird stuff, despite all the weird stuff, I think Chris Pratt's a pretty cool dude. Okay, I mean, that's not the way I would have went. But yeah, all definitely. Right. All right, you go ahead. On my I-9 Varsity of Amusement Park, yeah. my first amusement park is John Mayer's Wonderland. All right, that's a good one. Yeah. So like, you go to the park, and there's always this guy that won't put down the acoustic guitar, and he's always trying to seduce you with his songs, and then eventually you give in because <laughs> he's so talented and handsome, and then your body becomes the Wonderland. So anyways, here's Wonderland. <laughs> John Mayer's Wonderland. This is my first one. The thing about the thing is, I want to go to an amusement park where I don't know can live out my wildest West fantasies. Okay. Give me Westworld, Van. Okay. Westworld to me seems like a for sure amusement park that I would lose uh, not just time and money, but probably sanity. So I'm going to go with Westworld. Potentially your life. Yeah. And also, I know for a fact I'll lose interest in season two. So that's what Westworld is to me as far as my I-9 Varsity of Amusement Parks. I thought the whole season was very strong. There was nothing about it that was compelling at all. whole season was, was very, very good, well, compelling you, television. You must have a very high IQ. Whatever. Next on my I-9 Varsity of Amusement mm-hmm. Parks, I want to go to 7-Eleven land. That, okay. To where you just turn everything inside a gas station. But to way bigger and better and more exciting and shinier. Like instead of like a wave pool that you surf on, it's just nacho cheese. You're literally talking about the Coca-Cola Museum. Is that what you meant to say? No. Okay. You get to like surf on cheese. And then like you get to play a game with everyone, the the what's that smell game. And if you win the what's that smell game, you get a Slurpee. You maybe have lost me on this one. I could keep going. But due to time constraints, we better move on. The violinist place on earth is itchy and scratchy land, and I think I could take the family down there for a fun-filled adventure. <laughs> that's that's. Uh... <laughs> they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, 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 fight. The itchy and scratchy show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Due to time constraints, last on my I nine varsity of amusement parks. Is Cleveland? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that great. It's not very good. It's not. It's not great. Zombie Land is my last <laughs> one. Uh, I think Zombie Land would be a cool spot. Uh, not every theme park is cut out for it, but I have been to Six Flags during Fright Fest, and I think that's kind of cool too. I really like this Varsity, Fred. I would say it's Mark Super Duper. That's what I ended with. You know, in Goodwill Hunting, 
when Matt Damon's having that really emotional scene and Rob Williams looks at him and he's like, it's not your Marshall Falk. That's a breach. Yeah. He's a running back and it doesn't even rhyme. Wanted to throw it up. Yeah. (laughs) Van, any final words before we go? Oh, man. Uh, Too much for the time allotted. And if anything I didn't cover, (laughs) Jeff and JJ on the opening drive will cover tomorrow. So make sure you check those guys out. Good job, everyone, GG. And see you tomorrow, Burke.